We live in a world where we're not comfortable with silence. When we get in the car, we turn on the radio and we have CDs and MP3s and we have noise around us all the time. When we get to our houses, we turn the TV on and we flip through our 195 channels and although we're not watching anything, we are comfortable with listening to something in the background. When we're not uh, in the car or at home or we're waiting at a doctor's office or we're just uh, at the supermarket, we pull out our smartphones and we are either on Spotify, Pandora, Facebook, Vine or whatever system you have that keeps us entertained and there's always noise around us and we're uncomfortable with no sound. But it gets worse when the silent comes from God. When you seem to be praying and your prayers are just bouncing off the walls apparently because God is silent. What do we do when God remains silent? What do you do when you are in one of those seasons where God doesn't seem to be responding to your prayers? Where when you are going through challenges and difficulties and you're praying for your family and your ministry and your future and important decisions and there's just silence. And then you show up at the small group and uh, there's always somebody at the small group that hears from God, right? And you're praying intensely and here's this person at the small group and says, well... I was at Walmart, and I was trying to park my car, and I prayed to the Lord, and and the Lord told me, turn right, and there was my parking spot. And you're thinking, God, really? Really? You talk to them about their parking spot, but I can't hear zip from you when I'm in trouble, when I'm really deep in my knees, into my knees of, of problems, issues, or difficulties. There was this couple I was reading about. This last week, and uh, they were having marriage issues, and uh, they their marriage was characterized by having marital problems. And one of the things they decided to do together was go to a talk show, and go on national television, and uh, go before a talk show host, and discuss their problems with someone that has no marital counseling training. But they thought it was a good idea. And one of the issues that they had in their marriage was that they would give each other the silent treatment. Sometimes for hours, sometimes for weeks, sometimes for months. And it was difficult. And and, and it happened that while they were taping the show, they were in one of these episodes of silent treatment. They were not talking to each other. So they were communicating through the host of the show, right? And uh, he's, he's going to give this example. He said, I'm going to give you an example of what happened this, just this last week. And he says, I was uh, ready to take a business trip. It was a very important business trip. And uh, the only one that knows how to handle the alarm clock is my wife. But because we're not talking to each other, I left her a note by the sink where I know she was going to be able to see it. And the next day I woke up, the sun was out, and I realized it was 7 o'clock in the morning. And when I look at the alarm clock, there was a note with her handwriting that said, it's 5 a.m., you need to wake up. <laughs> the silent treatment doesn't work. And, and, and when you hear my, my example, you're probably thinking, that is so petty, that is ridiculous. The silent treatment doesn't work, and that's why we, we think it's petty. But what do we do when it's God, the one that's giving us a silent treatment? 
We have been going through the story. So chronologically, we've been going through the Bible and studying the love of God and learning about the primary story and that secondary story and, and, and the characters and how involved they are with the, the upper story and how they are affected in their daily lives, but yet sometimes they're unable to see what God is doing beyond their circumstance. So today we're going to speak about what happened between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the intertestamental period. It is a, a period of about 400 years that God was silent, that there was no prophet, there was no word, there was nothing, nothing. I mean, and you thought your silent period with God was bad. Imagine 400 years. That meant not only you, but generation after generation after generation. And today we're going to learn some truths of what happened during that period that will help us get through that season. We're going to take a break between now and the fall where we will begin with the study of the New Testament. We'll take again, pick up the story where we left it, and I can't wait. It's extraordinary what happens throughout the New Testament, and you will see that when we come back in the fall. But make sure you don't miss next week where we start our series, Animation Pastor will kick it off, but there's a great lineup of speakers and topics, and we'll be speaking about life issues, very practical life issues, but you will also be getting very practical answers to some of those issues. So don't miss that next week. But today I want to kind of end with a sort of a bookend to the story and not leave you just pending with what happened, but let you know what took place during those 400 years. The first thing is that I want to share with you today is that in those seasons of silence, God is still at work. There were some things that happened historically that are going to help me set up the point that I want to make and share with you. In, the, in that period, Mike took us to the end of to, to Nehemiah, which is in the middle of the Old Testament, but it's actually chronologically what happens at the very end, about 420 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. So we'll pick up the story right there. And uh, one of the things that happens during these 400 years is the Persian Empire was expanding, was growing, and and they got too close to the Greeks, and the Greeks thought, well, this is a problem. So Philip from Macedon kind of brought, united all the Greeks, and they went against the Persian, and they, they basically, they demolished the Persians. And so the Greeks were ruling the world. Phil died about 24 years later, and his son, Alexander, which we all know as Alexander the Great, kind of picked up the story, and uh, there was a, it was a great time for the Greek Empire. A lot of great things happened during this time. Uh, since the Tower of Babel, it was the first time in the history of the world after the Tower of Babel, that there was sort of a common language. It's, it's, it's being said, or it was said, that at the time, everybody spoke a little bit of Greek. They actually were developing, so not only a common language, they were developing a way of thinking. There was a way of communicating. There was a way of thinking. The Socratic method, the way of asking questions, became very popular. So a lot of questions and very little answers during that period. And you would think, well, well, why is that important? It was important because right now God was getting ready. He was preparing. He was setting up the birth of the Messiah and the birth of the church. So now with a new language, about 282 years before the birth of Christ, B.C., 
you have the translation of the Old Testament, which was written in Greek and now is, uh, sorry, it was written in Hebrew and now it was being translated into Greek. So the word of God that was meant for the people of God was now translated for everyone in the known world to be able to understand, to hear about the prophecy, to hear about the Messiah. So there were all these things happening. Then came the turn or for the Romans to rule in uh, Julius Caesar, which reigned for about 25 years. And there was a lot of civil war during that period. But then uh, Caesar Augustus came in, in, and Julius Caesar died about 25 years before the birth of Christ. But then Caesar Augustus came and there was a lot of other developments. So there were roads developed. There was communication that was more effective. There was a a common language. There was a common way of thinking. The scriptures had been translated. And all of these things took place during that period of time of 400 years. So one of the truths that I want us to learn today, one of the truths that I want us to hang on to when there is a period of silence in our lives is that while God may be silent, he is still at work. While God is silent, and I want to encourage you, if you think God is silent, I want to encourage you, hear again. Listen to him again, because while you may not be able to hear his voice, you will be able to hear him at work. So all these things are happening, the birth of Christ. And while the world is looking for answers, God was going to change everything forever. And I want to encourage you, you may be going through a season in your life where you feel this is a period of of my life that I don't, I don't hear the voice of God, where, where I just, I'm not hearing the voice of God the way I used to, or I'm praying, but I'm not getting definitive answers. And I just want to encourage you, God is still at work when you cannot hear his voice. It may not have anything to do. You may be ready for your next assignment. You may be ready, but God is still putting pieces together. And behind the scenes, he is at work. So when the, when the chronos time is right, your destiny will collide with the, dest- with the destiny of Christ, with the destiny of God, and you will be able to perform according to his will and to the purpose and the plan that he has for your life. So next time you think God is not speaking, Just hear the whisper of God telling you, I'm at work. I'm still at work in your marriage. I'm still at work in your ministry. I'm still at work in your questions. I'm still at work in in your job, in your relationships. I'm still at work. The second thing that I want us to remember while we're, we're studying this intertestamental period is that in the silence, God still keeps his promises. In the silence, God still keeps his promises. So a lot of times when when we don't hear from God, we, we say to God, God, why don't you do something? Well, when we look at this 400-year period, we realize God is always doing something. God is always at work. The second question we sometimes ask God is, God, why don't you say something? God, why don't you speak? And reality is that God has already said something to us, and it is true now as it was when he said it and when it was recorded in Scripture. God does things. God writes things or or has things written for us and says things. God knew where you were going to be today before you knew about it. 
God had already spoken about where you are today before you even knew you were going to be there. Are you still with me? So that's the second truth I want you to hang on. In the silence, God still keeps his promises. Now, here's what's clear as we study this intertestamental period of, of silence. And what's interesting is that when you look at what happened in history during those 400 years, and you read the book of Daniel in chapter 2 and chapter 11, it was prophesied with incredible amount of detail what was going to be happening during those 400 years. So God was not only at work behind the scenes, he had already predicted, he had already left details of what was going to be happening during those 400 years. So when God is silent, go back and be reminded of the truth that God spoke to you before the storm. Go back and be reminded of the truth that God spoke to you before the crisis. Go back and remember the words that were prophesied or spoken over your life before this period of silence. I want you to think as uh, this way. There's a, there's a young husband and, and a wife and they're in the military and there's an assignment that he's going to go through and there will not be any communication. There will not be any communication during that season. And so he tells his wife and he's bothered by it. He's upset by it. And she sees that. He, she hears that in his voice. And, and he tells her there will be no Skype. There will be no email. There will be no Facebook. There will be no in-mail or out, outgoing mail or incoming mail. There will be no opportunity for us to communicate. And his wife hears the distress in his voice and over the next series of nights she goes out and she begins to stay up late at night and she begins to write these letters. These letters of devotion to him. These letters of affection to him. These letters where she tries to imagine what is he going to be going through during that season in time. And I want to communicate not only my love and my desire to be with him, but I will speak about my faithfulness to him. And she gives this bundle of letters and this collection of letters that he takes with him. And while he is in that assignment without communication and in that assignment of silence, every night he will pull out a letter and read those letters and remember that the person that wrote those letters, he remembered that when those letters were written, they were right then and they were right now. They were right for that moment, but they were right for this moment. And that is exactly how the Word of God works for us. During those 400 years, He spoke to them. And I could just imagine the people of God during those 400 years remembering and, and reminding each other and, and telling them, remember when God got us out of, when God got us out of Egypt. Remember when he parted the Red Sea for us and we were able to cross through dry land? Do you remember when he destroyed the army of Pharaoh? Do you remember when he fed us in the wilderness? Do you remember when he guided us during the day and during the night? Do you remember when he fed us in the desert? Do you remember when he gave us victory? Do you remember when he healed us in the desert? Do you remember... Do you remember? And I could just picture them going back to the 41st chapter of Isaiah and reminding each other and remembering what God had said to them. 
And in verse number 10, God said, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And I could imagine them reading Jeremiah 29, 11 during those 400 years and reminding each other what God says when he told them, I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you and they're plans to prosper you and not to harm you. They are plans to give you hope and a future and nothing could separate you from that destiny unless you decide to separate yourself. And I could just see them during that time of silence open up the word of God and go back to his promises Go back to what he had done before. Go back and remember the things that had been spoken over them as a people. A people with destiny and a people with purpose. And a people that God wanted to dwell among them. That loved them so much. That in the middle of the desert he asked them to build a place and a tabernacle. So that he would dwell among them. And that carried them through with strength. And with hope, because that place of silence is a difficult place. And I'll tell you this, your, your season of silence may not be one that is for the purpose of you being tested. Not every time that God is silence is about you being tested. It may be that God is working on someone or something, or designing or preparing, and that is not ready yet, and He's just saying, just... Just wait. This is your intertestamental period. Just wait. I'm at work. I'm at work. Be patient. I have not forgotten about you. I haven't forgotten where you live. I haven't forgotten about the promises and the destiny and the words that have been spoken over your life. I'm at work and I have spoken over your life. And there are times we got to go back to those prophetic words that have been spoken over our life. That is God just breathing life into us. And reminding us there will be seasons in your life where I will appear to be silent, but I'm at work. I'm at work. I'm at hard at work. I haven't gone AWOL. I haven't disappeared on you. I haven't forgotten about you. But sometimes we need to be reminded of that. Reminded of what Paul said in Romans chapter 8 verse 28. When he tells us that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And you know what? That's not only to make a pretty devotional and have it printed somewhere. That is the powerful word of God spoken to you so that in moments of silence, you could draw faith and strength on those words and say, God, I know that you will work all things for my good in its time. And you go to Philippians 1, 6, and then you read what Paul tells us that God began doing a good work in you. And, and, and then Paul says, I am sure, I am confident, I, I, I have no doubt That he will continue it until it is finished when Jesus Christ comes again. And I love the last one I'm going to quote for you here. And it's in Revelation chapter 21 verses 4 and 5 where it says there will be a day. And a lot of us want that day to come fast because we're in the middle of silence. There will be a day. And today, my assignment is to remind you that day day is coming. 
That that day is coming, that there is a promise, that there is a time, that there is a day where he says he will wipe every tear from your eyes. And there will be no more death and no more crying and no more pain and no more suffering and no more mourning and no more questions without answers. For the old order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. There are times we need to hear that word because the circumstances around us are pushing in and we we don't know what to do. We don't hear that voice of God and we don't know how to respond. And it just reminds me of when John the Baptist was in prison and, and he was a bold man and he was the man that was to come before Jesus and prepare the way. But but he was in prison and it was difficult and he was not listening to the voice of Jesus anymore. And, and he sends his disciples and he says... Jesus, are you the one or or should we be looking for someone else? There was despair in his voice. There was hopelessness in his voice. There was, there was, there was, he was desperate. But do you remember what Jesus said? He didn't say, he didn't say, oh yeah, I'm Jesus. Can you tell? No. He says, see what is happening. And if you go to Matthew 11, you'll find that. See what is happening out there. The sick are being healed. The blind are able to see. The lame are able to walk. What was Jesus telling him? John, I want you to look beyond the walls of your prison cell. John, I know there is silence. I know it feels cold. I know you're in isolation. I know you're not hearing my voice. But John, there is much more happening beyond where you're at. And I need you to look at what's happening beyond. I need you to trust in my word. There are days that we ask ourselves, God, are you seeing what I'm seeing? God, are you hearing what I'm hearing? God, I I just... I don't even know if you're there. Are you watching? And that brings us to our third point and final point this morning. God is not only working when he's in silence. He's not only speaking, but he is watching over you. He knew what was going to happen to you before you even got into it. So he spoke words of what you're going through now before you started getting into it. Are you with me? Because this is not about your performance in relation to Jesus Christ or in in your relationship with Him. It's about appropriating the full work of Christ on the cross and believing the words that He left for you and I during those seasons of silence. There's a man in the Old Testament that portrays that, that truth beautifully and his name was Job. And Job was a rich man, and, and he lost everything. He lost his family, his, his cattle, his richness, his servants, his land, his health. He basically lost everything. And I want you to see how Job responded in a time of silence. Job chapter 23, verses 8 through 12, he's trying to make sense out of the silence. And listen to what he says. But if I go to the east, he's not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he is at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. In other words, 
God was silent. But look at what he says in verse number 10. But he knows the way I take. In other words, God is still watching over me. Although I cannot see him, he is watching over me. He knows my path. He knows my destiny. He knows my purpose. He knows that I love him. He knows that I'm following his word. He knows that I'm believing his word. He knows that I'm acknowledging that he is my rock, my strength, my shelter, my door, my path. And look what he says. When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. I have kept to his way without turning aside. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. And look at how he ends verse number 12. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. So Job understood a reality. Whatever God said back then is true today and it will be true tomorrow. And there are seasons in our lives that we need to hear that and be reminded of that. And maybe you're not here by accident. Maybe you're not here because of it is a coincidence, because of a coincidence. Maybe you are here because you needed to be reminded that in periods of silence, he is at work, he has spoken over your life, and he watches over you. I want us, I want us to stand to our feet. And just reflect for a few seconds here. When you leave today, just know this. In the middle of your silence, God is at work. If he worked for 400 years so that the church could grow, that the Messiah could come, and he set up all the right circumstances... How much more can he do for you today? The power that was active back then is active today. And I want to remind you, I feel there are people here in this room today that the silence is killing you. That you sense that, that you're asking questions and questions and questions and, and, and there's not a lot of answers. And I want to share this word of encouragement with you. God loves you today as much as he loved you the same, the day that you said yes to him. The day that you said yes to his calling in your life. The day that you said, yes, I will serve you. Yes, I will honor you. But there are moments in our lives that, that, that we are desperate and, and we say, God... I'm sick and tired of working in my marriage. I'm, I, I can't do this one more time. This would be a good time for you to come through. Father, I've been praying for my children and they keep making, messing up and making the wrong choices. And Father, this would be an excellent time for you to come through. Or Lord, this would be a great time for you to do something for my unemployment because my savings are running out and I haven't heard anything, God. But you are here today as a reminder that he is at work in your life. That the words that are written in his word are for you today. And not only are those words for you today. There's also a reminder for us to know that he is watching over you. Not watching to punish you. He is watching over you because he cares about you. Because he loves you. And you may be thinking, well, it doesn't seem like it right now. But he is at work. 
And like Job said, I know I may be being, I may be in this season, I may be tested, I may be suffering, I may be in pain, I may not have all the answers, but God, at the end, I know I will be a victor. At the end, I know my story will end in victory. At the end, I know that your plan for my life will be fulfilled, not because of my circumstances, because of you, oh God. Not because of where I'm at, but because of where you are. And I want to encourage you today. In the midst of your silence, your God is still at work. And he's a loving God. He's a compassionate God. In the old Bibles, they used to leave between the Old Testament and the New Testament a blank page symbolizing those 400 years of silence. How are you going to respond to God's silence in your life? His people trusted Him. His people believed Him. And His people grab onto His Word and believe it. Father, I thank you. I thank you for everyone in this room, oh Lord. I thank you for people that love you with all of their hearts and all of their minds and all of their souls and and that's why they struggle with silence. Father, it is not that there is something wrong with them. And I believe this is a word for someone in this room. It's not that there is something wrong with you. But God is working on your behalf. And I sense in my spirit that he is asking you to wait a little longer. That your performance is not in question. Your relationship is not in question. He is at work. But he has also spoken over your life. And there are seasons in your life that you may be waiting for God to speak. And God has already spoken over your life. And while you're waiting for God to speak, God is waiting for you to act. And I encourage you to go back to the words that have been spoken over your life. To the word of God and and just appropriate those verses of hope and strength and wisdom and guidance because Jesus told his disciples that as he left it would be better because he would send the Holy Spirit that would not only be around you but that the Holy Spirit will be within you and there is power in that statement and there is a purpose for your life and a destiny that is much greater than what you're seeing in your prison of silence today There's a hope, there's a purpose, there's a destiny, there's a plan, there's a direction, there's a dream. And I believe that God has brought you here today to breathe life into that dream. To breathe hope into that dream. To breathe a sense of destiny into your heart again. And to help you pump blood, the blood of Christ into your passion. For what God has placed inside of you. And I thank God for you today. And I pray blessings upon you today. And I pray a greater anointing upon you today. I pray 
that his word become, will become so real in your life this week. That you will know that silence is not punishment. That silence is not that he's forgotten you, but that silence is, is preparation. It's, it's in that stillness that he whispers to you, I am at work. And I have spoken. And remember that word. We thank you, Lord, for your word. And we thank you for your encouragement today. We thank you, Lord, for leaving us the opportunity to look through history. And I pray for, for restoration today. I pray for marriages to be restored. I pray for hopes and dreams to be restored. And I pray for those areas in their lives that, that the enemy has stolen or paralyzed through fear or, or have just de- tried to demolish or, or just, Lord, many times feeling less than equipped or just tired of trying. And I thank you for your word, Lord, that, that brings hope and peace. Father, and I pray for those that at this moment are opening their hearts to you. They're here and their relationship with you is not what it could be. And today they have sensed something beyond emotion. And that is your word, oh God. And that is your Holy Spirit at work in their lives. And today I pray, Lord, that as they asked for your forgiveness... Lord, that you will enter into their hearts and into their lives, that you will invade their lives, and that you will bless them with your love in tangible ways, O Lord. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you for your grace. We thank you because your Holy Spirit is at work right now in the hearts of many people in this room. And you are healing. You're restoring. You're birthing dreams. You're renewing ministries, oh God. You're renewing passion. You're healing, Lord, broken hearts that have lost their passion for you and think that that distance was equivalent to coldness and separation but today your Holy Spirit is reminding us of your love of your grace we honor you oh God and we bless you and we pray these things in Jesus name Amen and Amen Amen thank you for being here today I'm going to ask you just to give the Lord a hand this morning and thank him for your victory in your life and and for that sense of renewed hope and passion and and just remember when he is silent he's still at work he's still speaking and he's still watching over you amen may his grace be upon you every day of this week don't miss next Sunday you're going to want to be here if you're in town and if not connect with us via the internet we love you and have a great and wonderful week thank you